and actually what they're saying is basically we are afraid of uh, of change we we don't like something we can't control we and basically from my point of view that's the wrong way we have to be adaptable welcome to the halftime snacks my name is ronen Einbin. this show explores the intersection between sports business and technology are you ready let's go Joining us today for the Halftime Snacks is a sports manager and scientist who's constantly involved in technology, innovation, development and sustainability in sports. Coming to the show all the way from Malmo in Sweden is a man whose vision is to make an impact and give back to the sport community. Today, he's the founder of Sports Idealisten, the number one sports job platform where he helps you find your dream jobs in sports or find your dream candidate. Additionally, he's a board member of the European Association for Sports Management and he co-founded the Nordic Sports Tech Community. It is an honor and a pleasure to host him in the Halftime Snacks. So ladies and gentlemen, Jacob Wickenstahl. Hey, hey, Ronan. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Thank you, Jacob. It's uh, amazing to you know connect with people from all over the world and to host you on the Halftime Snacks. I want to start off with your vision that really you know struck an eye on me. Your vision is to make an impact and give back to the sport community. That's a very, very strong vision and I love it. I want to ask you why or how did, did you choose this vision or did the, the vision chose you? How are you achieving it? Let's talk a little bit about it, Jacob. Sure. Well, for me, growing up playing sports as most uh, people were doing and when they were kids back in the time from in my environment, then, you know, I was playing different sports and I think it was late uh, in my late teenager um, times where I started to realize that uh, the sport that I was participating in was actually giving me more power in both social factors but also uh, leadership skills and uh, uh, experiences that could be used for for the working um, you know, the work skills environment and many more things that I didn't really thought about until let's say I was 18 19 years old where I started to think that oh, okay cool there's actually some more benefits coming out than, than just playing for the fun of it and um, yeah I think you know we can probably talk more about it but I think that was the start of it where I saw that there are uh, great benefits coming out from from sports and you could actually bring it on for the rest of your life and if I felt this way I think a lot of more people could feel the good thing about it. Is that also the reason why you decided to enroll yourself in, in a sports management degree and then go on and learn more and get more involved. Was it that the reason you you actually you said okay, so sports can can give a lot to humans. So I I want to do that. Is is that how you decided that you wanted to do that? Well, well, I think I think we can actually turn back the time when I was around twelve years old. I think this is uh, something where it's started to you know scratch a little bit on my story and. Uh, 
basically I was playing football uh, among other sports. But I think football, uh, or depending on where you're listening from, it could also be soccer. And, you know, after a summer, we were going back to school and I met all my friends again. And they started to talk about the practices that it was so fun to go, go back and playing football again. And for me, I, I didn't understand what they were saying because I haven't heard anything about football, uh, that the season was back or, you know, practices uh, and so on. And for me, you know, I lost about four or five weeks into the after summer season. And for me, that was like, I, I felt lost. It felt like I had missed already everything. I, and I think that's uh, something that is sad because the coaches or something, the communication was obviously not the best one at that time because I, me and my family hadn't heard anything. And I think this was unfortunately the way where I maybe lost my chance to be a professional football player um, but the good thing though is that this has given me power and strength in order to participate in other sports and one sport that I have taken my journey forward with uh, during my teenage year is uh, a Nordic sport called floorball in Nebandi as I would say in Swedish but it's a, it's a Nordic sport it is a growing sport but still very young uh, if you're in, coming from maybe bigger countries like the United States or uh, France, uh, Germany and so on. But I was still playing that one. So for me, that was fine. And, you know, that it, it actually gave, gave me more time to focusing on, on floorball. And, you know, I was didn't really think about the football thing. And then coming a few years later on, uh, I think this was around 17, 18 years old, this was the time when I started to think when I was um, playing um, floorball and I was like, who is actually managing this club? How is everything working? Because I'm just a player. I'm just going to the practice. I, I have coaches, you know, telling me what to do. But I started to think a little bit who is, you know, arranging everything. But nothing more than that. I didn't ask a, a lot. I just started to have those thoughts. And I had another bad experience here. I had a game where I was promised, every, all the players were promised to play. And this was a tough game. And obviously I wasn't the best one in the team, uh, but I was still a part of the team and I was doing well from, from my point of view and also from my teammates. But at the end of the game, we were having a lead where it was fine to you know put in those that were promised to play. But And I was the only one that didn't, make make it on the pitch uh, so even though everyone were promised to play i was the only one that wasn't um, playing that game and i didn't hear a single word or excuse after the game from the coach which i think it's very bad because this is another thing that breaks a lot of people down and giving this one and the first one when i stopped playing football those two things have given me a lot of let's say power for me to change it into positive things okay now I have to make sure that less people are experiencing this sort of things and fast forwarding two three years ahead I actually ended up moving uh, abroad to California and study entrepreneurship for one year and this started to give me additional tools in my mindset and my uh, my thinking and I started to realize and reflecting to the American culture with sports and it's totally different than what what I was raised up with and this was you know 
the time where I realized when I was 12 years old, stop playing football later on and I have this uh, bad experience with the coach and not playing that actually I can do something here. I can actually contribute with my experiences, but also my passion and my energy to the greatness of, of sports. So this was probably the time where I realized that I can do so much more. And even though I'm just a little, little me, I can still do a lot. So I, I applied for sport management universities back home in Sweden and started my, my journey for doing as much as I can to help more people getting involved in the best experiences possible in sports back 2013. That's, um, that's a long story though, but I think it's important to realize that sport is not just the good things. It, there are unfortunate bad things and bad experiences people are still having today. So I'm just trying to make make more people doing their best of it and helping more people have a good and positive association to sports. I appreciate you sharing it with us. And I'm sure it meant a lot to, to you when you, you really decided to get involved and fix the things that are wrong in your perspective. So I respect that and I appreciate that, uh, Yaakov. And now I want to switch gears maybe a little bit more around jobs in sports. Because from what I can see, you have experience in the industry, but you also have a lot of entrepreneurship side. You founded a, a community in the Nordic uh, sports tech community. You founded a, a board for, uh, for jobs. You, you've been doing most of the things yourself. You're trying to put tools out there for people to use. And I wonder if you think that you did that because you realized that finding jobs in, in sports is, is actually very hard or if maybe you saw opportunity to innovate in a specific area like hiring in sports. I want to know what do you think about that and if that's why you decided that entrepreneurship was more the side you wanted to focus on rather than just trying to get the best job in the industry you know there's no i would say there's no secret to success here i think it's a little bit starting with yourself and and since we're sitting here and talking i guess i should talk from from my point of view and and for me uh, i was just mentioning my entrepreneurship uh, pathway from from california i think this has made me a little bit more into the entrepreneurial side of it and also learn me a lot of you just have to do a little bit from your side and you can actually do a lot of things from from that part just believing in yourself and and sure there are great people that you can get support from but but for me we also had an entrepreneurship course in the sport management program that I was taking part of and and there I realized that actually I can I can take the entrepreneurship things that I learned from California and actually pop it into the sports system. And funnily enough, you can do so much more. But usually in sports, we have been very traditional. So it's often been like, this is a saying that most people are, are using from the traditional side of it. It's like, we've always done this. So let's keep doing it. Why changing something? And actually what they're saying is basically... We are afraid of uh, of change. We we don't like something we can't control. We, and basically, from my point of view, that's the wrong way. We have to be adaptable. And this is a little bit from the entrepreneurial factors, I would say, in, in the lifestyle of it, that you have to just be fine with being in unsecure places 
and adapt to the situation and do as best possible because the only thing you can do is the best from your side of it and sometimes you have a good timing and it's become a success sometimes not and when I lived also in Australia a few years ago uh, this was the end of my my studies as well where I started to look into the different job sectors in sports and I think these have, have a good mix of it because people that are listening at the moment that are thinking that sport is the dream job keep keep believing in that you can do it that's the first thing but it's also very hard to find those jobs but also finding a way into the job sector in sports so if you are very creative and want to do stuff taking the entrepreneurial pathway into sports is not a bad thing it's actually a good thing because you could actually build your own experiences so if you think you have a resume where it says there's no sports experiences in my resume how can I get into a job in sports well actually uh, one thing uh, you can build your own experiences it's not a bad thing to for example in this case have a podcast and actually learning a lot uh, from uh, uh, its content creation it's like interviewing skills um, there are uh, so much more behind the scenes that you're not thinking about but also you can run a blog you can learn about research and and mentioning different inspirations in sports and share that with the people you will actually create a lot of value i think these things are shouldn't be thought of something that is cheap or you know it's just a free time thing it's actually something that you can use in your own experiences for your future work so coming back to the point here uh, entrepreneurship and sports is something that you can actually put in together and, and work with and in my case I saw a lot of lack from the job market in sports and there are very hard uh, roles to fill in that you can easily find today so I just thought let's find the different jobs that are out there and give them to the people instead of them having a hard time defining them and uh, so basically for me that was you know adding the entrepreneurship entrepreneurship stuff of just do it yourself and then trying to help as many as you can and that could be one person that could be 20 that could be a thousand but I, I don't think we should forget the one person that you can actually help today so building your own skills is one way to do it another way is to um, to just using other experience that you have and put them in in a good context to sh showcase what you can actually can do in sports as well I saw lack of uh, job opportunities that were out there so I started to find them myself and give them to people you know there's this concept that I love called permissionless work and it's that you don't really ask for permission to do something for someone so there's actually this guy called Jack Butcher from Twitter that I follow that he mentions it all the time that if there's a company that you like to work for just figure out the problem in their website or in their marketing and just fix it. Publish it on like networks or send it to them or just, just do it and send an email to the CEO and be like, hey, you, you did this wrong. Here's how you should do it, you know. And that's how you actually can catch the attention of the, the people that you want to work for or you want to work with. And then, you know, as you mentioned, helping other people and trying to develop your skills. I think that those are really valuable lessons 
uh, Jakob, and I think I appreciate them, and I'm sure the listeners appreciate them as well. And I want to know how your platform, Sports Idealist, then is using technology to create opportunities for both candidates and employers. What's what's the rationale behind the code that aims to find and and connect them together? Actually, you know, it's very hard to find those jobs and and the job seekers themselves where you can have a successful match. But but for us, it's been a lot of what are the people wanting uh, from the job seeker side of it. So I, I've been coming from the beginning and been coming from the job seekers point of view because there are so many more job seekers out there than jobs out there. And especially during a COVID situation, it's even it's even harder than ever to to beat the competition of uh, getting that specific job. But for us, it's been a lot about what are our job seekers looking for and trying to getting those jobs that are a good fit for them. But also from the job side of it, I mean, what are for them is, is a good platform to be at. Usually, yes, of course. But then also like how realistic is it? Uh, we're trying to help as many as, as we can, but we also know that the world is quite big. So it's been a it's been a greater focus on on perhaps English uh, speaking jobs, but also since I'm from I'm from Sweden, I also managed to to get into a lot of jobs in Swedish, but also in the in the Nordic countries. So you know the technology can also always be developed, and I think if you've already been to Sportelis, then you might have seen a, a development from one year ago until today, which also says for everyone that we're trying to develop the technology, the platform every day. And I don't think we can make it too, too advanced, but let's, let's put it in more of a positive and a futuristic way of it. I think as if you are a job seeker right now and looking for jobs, or if you're an organization looking for hire people, or you will probably do it in the next coming years, I think it's just important to think of where do you want to spend your time and actually you don't want to spend your time a lot you just want to find the job or the candidate as soon as possible and that's what we're trying to achieve we're trying to just give a good fit and i think in the in the future it will be even more convenient than than it is today so i think that's um that's the story so far i want to know your opinion about linkedin And I want to know if you think LinkedIn is a good tool, if you think it's flawed in terms of like finding a job in the sports industry. I think it's actually the platform where, where it's about sharing your, your professional or where you aim to be. And they have done a great job so far, you know, with building this professional approach to it. Coming, when it comes to jobs, I think it's, you know, there's a lot of great jobs out there uh, on LinkedIn. And some of them are posted from the organization looking for it. And some are from like platforms like Sportadilist and uh, sharing different jobs. So from a job seeker side of it, I think it's actually, you know, great opportunities out there. And it's easy because you can also share your resume, so to say, from your LinkedIn page immediately. Some use the, the, that approach where you can apply with your LinkedIn account. Some will just do the regular send in your resume on the email so you know I think it's worth it if you have a profile that you are updating 
that you're making sure that looks professional. You have a good picture. You have a like a realistic title and so on. If you're thinking for a job and you want to act professional, then you should start with your profile and then start to look at the job side of it. That's that's one way to look at it. And for me, you shouldn't look at LinkedIn as the one thing. Uh, you should look at LinkedIn as a, a tool that could help you boost your career, either finding a job, finding candidates and so on. But don't look at it as the only one. We have to use it as a tool to help us. Yeah, I feel like a, me- a good metaphor would be running shoes. You don't really need them to run, but of course it would help you if you have them. So I guess that LinkedIn works the same way. If you don't have a LinkedIn and you want to work, either it's in the sports industry or in any other industry, tech, um, finance, whatever, just go, go ahead and open up. I feel like there's also value in Twitter in a sense. I feel like Twitter is like the place where you can see what someone is thinking, reading and working in. So I also recommend opening your Twitter account and working on it as well. You know, since we're running out of time, I want to ask you a personal and last personal question. And that is, what is one book that you read that has greatly influenced your life and why? The book that I with me is called Factfulness. And I think you can actually find factfulness in all different media. You can probably find great shows and talks from Hans Rosling as well, because he's the author of the book. And to give you a short brief about it, it's basically we are very stupid in, in this world because we, we are not actually looking at the real facts and the real statistics and using it in the right way. So what he's going through in the, in the book is basically describing the bigger you know, discussions that we do have in, in the world and actually showing that most of the people growing up today, they don't know anything uh, what's actually true. And he had done a great, uh, <laughs> great let's say, um, uh, research with the, with the students where he had been asking them several questions around, let's say, you know, is the world going uh, down when it comes to people dying and so on? And it could be about talks about how is the is the um, the different um, uh, societies being developed or undeveloped, and so on. And usually people don't know anything; they are guessing that it's worse than ever. But uh, Hans is showing that it's actually going well in the in different tough factors that we are discussing every year. So it's a book that will open your eyes and be more critical thinking and I think this is giving me a lot of strength when it comes to taking decisions and and taking part in different discussions, reading, listening to stuff that you shouldn't just believe in everything (laughs) at the first moment. We have to be critical to the sources that that we read and listening from. So I think that's a good advice for people to take it from there. Well, that's a fantastic, uh, Yakov. I think that's a great place to wrap today's conversation. I want to thank you for snacking with me. It was great to snack together. I learned a lot about you and you're an inspiration for up and coming generations in the sports industry. And I appreciate that. So I hope, uh, you know, once this pandemic is over, we can meet up and talk more about sports and technology. But for now, thank you for coming to the Halftime Snacks. Well, thank you, Ronan. Good to be here. Thank you.
before you leave, I want to thank you for listening. To hear this or any other halftime snack, check out the full archive on my website, which you can find on the show notes. See you next week.